Hey everybody, welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for a very special Freaky Friday edition of the Podcast Daily. That is Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham and I am Austin Ward. We have an interview with CJ Hicks that will be part of our Freaky Friday series as part of Spring Ball. Uh, A lot of people asking him about that jack position, Bill. I think there's some excitement building. Yeah, there, he had a, what I thought was a really good answer to it when we talked to him uh, during the more formal interviews, I guess. He's like, yeah, I heard it, but Jim Knowles hasn't said anything to me about it. <laughs> so until he does, like, I'm not going to spend pay too much attention to it, but I would like to do it. So he just wants to play, man. Like I, I appreciate him for like wearing that on his sleeve. I think some guys might try to hide it. He doesn't, uh, and I get it because I would feel the same way. Yeah, he told me that teams definitely reached out to him after the season, like directly, which doesn't ever happen because not I thought that was illegal. Um, you know, I think that talking to him today, Gabe Powers today, Reed Carrico today, like I, I do wonder if Ohio State's somewhat fortunate that all three of those guys are from Ohio and maybe less likely to leave at the first sign of not playing or whatever. But CJ understands that he had to get better. Like he played at, at Archbishop Alter, not exactly the state's best competition. It's a big leap. And he said today at practice that Jim Knowles like dabbed him up and said it's about time that he, he made a play and, and he's like, you know, now I just have to keep have to keep doing that. And it's important for all these guys we talked to today, Kojo Anthony, Keon Grace, the linebackers I just mentioned. None of these guys have an established role. So but they've all also had to make huge leaps from high school to now. And it's still only been a year. So like yeah, I, we forget that sometimes. It's like it, has, it hasn't even really been a year yeah. for some for some of those guys. For CJ, it has, but yeah, it takes it takes a lot of patience. I think from like us, from fans, and certainly from the players. And I think CJ did come to that realization at some point over the last like six months. Yeah, and he talks about that uh, in a little bit, bit more detail in the interview that we'll have uh, here at the end of our Freaky Friday segment in the Woody. Uh, as Berm said, the wide receivers and the linebackers were uh, the units that talked on Thursday. So beyond C.J. Hicks and that uh, fascination and Marvin Harrison and um, apparently people just figuring out that the Monarch machine is something that he uses, <laughs> what else uh, did we take away from a Thursday in here? Uh, more interesting discussion about that second-year group of receivers. The way that Brian Hartline talked about that group and then talked about the first-year group was like very different and, and kind of telling. So the first-year group has a lot of guys with like a – professional mindset that's that's my word not his but that's sort of how he described them like they're they're about the work they know what it takes to like meet the standard at ohio state he didn't say that the second year guys didn't have that but i thought it was an interesting distinction when he said the second year guys have not really checked any of the boxes yet that it takes to 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 get onto the field it's not to say that they can't do it this spring i think there's a lot of hope that they do start doing that this spring but clearly that that group has a lot of work to do and this group of three from the 2023 recruiting classes on campus right now and the forthcoming in june uh, are going to do everything in their power to make those guys, I think, uncomfortable. And we'll see what the result of that is. It could be that they make a big jump or it could be that they get left behind. But it's a huge spring for them, as we said the other day. Yeah, I think what's interesting is that you have this 11-man... See you, boys. See you, Jerry. This 11-man early enrollee class. One of those guys I was talking to, and I don't know if it's just platitudes given to them by Ryan Day or Mick Marotti, but um, this player I was speaking to said that Marotti told him that this is the best and most mature group of early enrollees they've ever had here. Um, And that's, I don't think they, this staff is not like just wanting to hand out compliments very often. So the fact that they were told that, and there were question marks. I mean, there were, you know, throughout his recruitment, people questioned the maturity of Carnell Tate multiple times. No one has had anything but glowing reviews about him and every one of these other freshmen. So they have to push those other guys. And Mm -hmm. you could see it in talking to Keon Grays. You could see it in talking to Caleb Brown and Kojo Ansui. 
that they really understood, like, this is not guaranteed for them after the spring. Yeah, the only one of that group that uh, didn't actually talk on Thursday was Caleb Burton. We can, we don't know that. I don't know if Brian Hartline addressed that specifically. I didn't stay over there for his yeah, whole session, sure. but uh, I mean, he was here. He was in uniform. I don't think that he participated in any drills that I saw. Um, I know that was something that we mentioned uh, on Tuesday and that Devin Brown talked about. Um, I, I don't think it was anything serious enough. I mean, he was, the fact that he was here tells you that it probably wasn't, but we'll see what that means for him going forward. It, it's still that huge opportunity for all those wide receivers without Emeka, Buka, and Julian Fleming out there. They have to really have no choice like I, I wrote about it uh, earlier in the week that it, it's probably unfair to say now or never for people that as you said Bill like it's only one year you have plenty of time in your college career to get it figured out I guess I can't we got here in June yeah, like, yeah. he's been here eight months it's like that's not that's not a fair amount of pressure to put on somebody especially because you do see guys that it takes two years three years five years before they become regular stars now the clock is ticking when you know what's coming behind and, and that opportunity can pass you by um, but it doesn't mean that if they don't become wide receiver number four or five or six by the middle of april that they're hopeless cases like that's just that's not the reality here yeah i don't, I don't think it's a get on the field now or else kind of deal but i do think it is show that you understand what it takes to get on the field or else kind of deal for them. Like you're, you know, how much can you really play in a world where Marvin Harrison, Mecca Buka, and Julian Fleming and Xavier Johnson are all back? Like I think we have to be realistic about that. But clearly there is something that this coaching staff is looking for from their approach to things. It does it does sound like it's gotten better. I don't want to say like they haven't done anything yet. Like I, I asked Brian Hartline specifically about Caleb Brown, a guy who was like a running back in, in high school, maybe something probably didn't talk about enough when we talked about his development. And Caleb said like, yeah, I got here and it was like a, a shock to learn how to play receiver. And he's still trying to figure that out and Brian Hartland's like yeah he's still trying to work through that but right. he scores MCL like the yeah. second day he was on uh, yeah. the field too, and he's so. seen but Brian said he's seen the, the the progress with that so I I think they're getting it what that ultimately leads them to in 2023 I'm, I'm not sure but as long as they don't let themselves get consumed by the fact that there's really good guys in front of them really good guys behind them then I think the future can still be bright for that group it's human nature like when you are a young guy coming from high school where you're the superstar you get to a place like this and the ability to be lackadaisical knowing I'm not going to play this year. Like they, these guys knew they were not going to play a year ago. And like th the switch to say, Hey, I still have to go as hard as I possibly can, even though I know it's not going to result in anything is a, is a difficult thing for young successful athletes to like be able to uh, put into action. But if talking to guys, like Keon Grace, they say, I want to be a special teams guy. He's like, I want to dominate on special teams. I want to make sure, I talk, you know, watching Paris Campbell, watching Terry McLaurin, watching Johnny Dixon, who he trained with out in Arizona. So Johnny had been able to work with him on this mindset. He's like, I realize I need to prove that if I do that job right, then they'll trust me with other jobs. And like that little bit of maturity will go a long way because there are huge roles that need to be filled by guys not named Marvin Harrison. Yeah. You know, and, and there is room for those guys. Caleb Brown promised me he was going to return a punt for a touchdown in the spring game if he gets a chance. Mm. Um, they I, don't return punts in the spring I game? What? Like, the did you? I, I don't care. I just want to be oh, you, because it's just going to be him and Jesse Merkel out there. <laughs> I wanted him you to asked him to do that. You actually know what happens in yeah, the spring I wanted him game. He get, doesn't. I wanted him to get on, on. I wanted him to get on. He told me he was doing it. So it's done now. It's on the record. Babe Roost. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Babe Ruth was a terrible punt returner. Prove it. These guys really have done a good job of understanding this, this current circumstance. 
Kojo Ansui said he was not anywhere near good enough to play last year, and he knew it. So it's not like any of them had this false perception of, hey, I'm going to walk into Ohio State and be the man. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's the case for the 23 sign. These guys have a different mindset, which is I'm going to go to Ohio State and I'm going to be the man. And I think just knowing that, even though those guys aren't going to play much this year either, mm-hmm. like having that mindset of saying, I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to go in there and be the best player on the, at the position. That it changes the way you operate. It is an interesting challenge for Brian Hartland because you have those two two groups of four that are going to probably be need to be coached differently. One, you're trying to coax more out of them and teach in year two. The other, it's going to be like more of the Garrett Wilson approach. Like, we're going to pump the brakes for you. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be that easy, and you're not going right out there and taking reps away from Emeka Buka and Julian Fleming Like by the time that the season rolls around. That's going to be a pretty fascinating dynamic, and I wonder when that'll switch with the way that they're talking about it. Probably like the middle of camp, you're going to get an update from Brian Hartline and Ryan Day when it's like, well, we're really excited, but now they're sort of, they're, they're getting some of that resistance. Like we're going to. They were here and they're here. Yeah, yeah. It's going to level out a little bit because they don't still have pads on. Yeah. So the fact that they have a great professional mindset means, hey, you may be able to get through mat drills and winter workouts and do really well and you go out on the first day and you're just running routes on air. Cool. That's easy. And that's going to come probably pretty naturally to them. But then you start layering in the playbook and you put on pads and you're getting hit by people. And then Sonic Styles gets to hit Yeah, you. that becomes yeah. a different matter entirely. Yeah, ho- hopefully we'll get to see a little bit of that too with some potential scrimmage action. We will, America. Coming down the, coming down the pipe. Two scrimmages we are expected to watch. So those will be uh, very informative. We usually Unless like they yank it away by me saying that we're getting it. Yeah. Which I should knock on wood, I suppose. Yeah, that's... Um, that, that, that will be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dab, dab on wood. Dab on wood. That would be immensely helpful. Uh, one uh, one <laughs> thing that came out of the receiver conversations that I feel like everyone should know is that Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh-huh. does not anticipate returning punts this year. Oh, he merely oh, likes yeah. to go back there to practice tracking the ball because, of course, Marvin Harrison would have find a way to find an edge during special teams period when he is otherwise yeah, he doing nothing else. Get, doesn't want to get bored. Yeah, So, uh, but he doesn't think he's going to be doing that. It's an emergency situation only, uh, so if you were concerned about it, sleep well. And for Freaky Friday purposes, I made the anti-dab argument to Marvin Harrison, and it's, I, I think that that's important. Berm is trying very hard to get him to celebrate a touchdown in week one with a dab, to, which would really be an unfair way of bringing the dab back. To do, it's a shortcut. It's a perfect way. You're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. it, not Marvin Harrison. I, I'm a and he ha- asked a great question. I planted, I planted the thought in his brain. I said, Marvin, why should we bring the dab back? And he said, yeah, Berm. Why should we? Everything goes out of style. Even the gritty is going out, he said. He doesn't even want a gritty and anymore. And I said, everything that's old is new again. And he said, yeah, like Jordan's. I'm like, exactly. So he understands it. Yeah, they're remaking Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin Harrison is such a fascinating person because you are really starting to see him emerge. And, and not that he's ever going to be a diva wide receiver, but, you know, we saw the, the cleats last year. That, he was wearing some pretty flashy cleats today. <laughs> they look like uh, ruby slippers. He's starting to get, <laughs> like, that confidence is at a, a level that I don't think it's been properly, like, expressed. Like, you can tell this dude is is understanding what he's becoming, and uh, it's pretty fascinating to watch to me. I, I just think it's funny to sure. see him. He's super humble, super quiet, and but then, like, there's this, like, I am Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, that's what Xavier Johnson, so Xavier Johnson, by the way, talked for an hour and a half today. Uh, but, or excuse me, 
on Thursday. And uh, <laughs> somebody asked him about like where where they go as a position group when when the receivers want to go get a meal. And he said, oh, it depends on who's who's leading the way. He's like, if it's Reese Stockdale, we go to Benny Hanna. And if it's Marvin Harrison Jr., we go to the Ocean Club. <laughs> I mean, I guess you have to know that you fit in at the Ocean Club to say, I'm going to go to the Ocean Club. That's yeah. still, Benny Hanna is still not the kind of place that I went when I was in college. <laughs> no, I went to CeCe's Pizza a lot. So something must still be going on. Maybe, and Bill and I were joking about this earlier, like maybe Reese Stockdale is actually the one that's secretly in charge of the Monarch. Yeah. And so he's on Marvin's payroll. He that's why he be. can afford Benihana. Yeah. Because I mean, it, I'm not, going to Taco Bell. They're not saying. <laughs> in Laramie. Like, <laughs> Xavier also said that they don't make Marvin pay for everyone. So it's not like Marvin. But it's a taste thing. It's like, it's like, oh, where, where's yeah. your default? I'm going to the Ocean Club. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's not a, the Sizzler. He's a, he's, a, he's a man who's lived a high-end life. And yeah, he sure has. That speaks even more to him because he could have been lazy his whole life. And he's not. He is not that. The other great Freaky Friday turnaround was Steel Chambers deciding that he wanted to ask questions of the media. Uh, Berm was over the, talking with Reed Carrico and actually doing serious journalism. Trying. And Bill and I were participating in <laughs> Steel Chamber's hypothetical battle. So, Berm, you didn't, you may have heard. I've, I've certainly heard of what happened. <laughs> um, the question that was posed by Steel Chambers to the media, and then he put Joey Kaufman on the spot to answer right away. Joey Kaufman did a great job handling did. it, much better than Spencer Holbrook, who said that he wanted to bring an orca <laughs> to a pond. <laughs> You go into battle against a person and their four animals, and you also have four animals with you. It was, uh, what was he? It was, Desert, like a, it was like a Sahara kind of setting, oasis. But like and a little, you may be able to put pond. something in a pond if you wanted uh, an aquatic animal. Which, Spencer Holbrook chose an orca. He wants to put an orca into a three-foot deep pond and just watch it bake in the sun and if die. If I say piranha, do I get multiple piranhas or just one piranha? One piranha. One piranha. Okay, uh, I'm gonna take a barracuda. Mm. Those are massive, and they're really it's like nasty. a big piranha. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take uh, a jaguar. They're rare and beautiful. Uh, well, that's not. You're sending it into battle. Uh, a horse, because I need to be able to flee, and they are powerful, uh -huh. especially mm. when they kick folks. Uh, and then a what's the some some sort of large hawk to attack from above. See, that's smart. Yeah. You know, I don't aerial want to, attack. Yeah, I want to be able to attack on air, land, and sea. Yep. So I'm going to find the biggest hawk I can find. But here's the thing. Steel specifically said you're not going to be going to sea. So there is water nearby, but it's not You'd like... You'd have well, to lure okay, them fine. into me, the... Okay, give me a crocodile instead now of... Now you're thinking. Oh, now we're talking. Okay. You want, a, you want a, a wa an animal that can handle the water, want, but not that's solely that, exist yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah. So that would be my four. I think the hawk is important here because the nobody hawk, Nobody used a croc over there. That's a good one. Yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. But there's also saltwater, if that makes a difference. Um, <laughs> saltwater pond, don't know how it happens. A saltwater but... pond in a savanna? That's what he said. Savannah, thank you. I said Sahara, but savanna. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he said savanna. I, I'm just wondering. I mean, it's not a Sahara. Sahara's a desert. Desert desert oasis kind of deal. Pretty much everybody was in agreement that, and, and Steele was adamant that he would be riding in on top of an elephant. Everyone was taking with a sword. With a sword. sword. Everyone was taking an elephant. I think that you know that you have some concern about the speed in that situation. Are, you know what? Scratch the croc. 
Crocky Hippo. 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 Hippo was one of Joey's answers. Steel Steel had, uh, what I found interesting is that Steel had a stealth package and a strength package. He's clearly thought about this a lot. But in both packages, he was elephant back with a sword. Yeah, like speed. speed, I don't know, really? Yeah, because they're They're not stealth. But but they are power. (laughs) This is weird. Well, it's Freaky Friday, bro. I like it. I like it. Okay. Don't you think a gorilla should be in the mix? I. Probably. I was on the same page as... I think that I need more... It's like the strength of 10 men with opposable uh, thumbs. A silverback gorilla that you can train to also use a sword. Yeah, or, right? Or he anything. can also ride a horse. He planted the apes. Those guys ride horses. I think you want to have a gorilla on your side. Like, why wouldn't you? What would be the downside? That's, 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 that's the first maybe they, pick for me. Maybe they want to... They get it in their head that they want to take you out. No, Maybe. that's on what I mean. They, they can't be trusted. A gorilla wouldn't really be. A, he wants to assert his dominance, so he yeah, kills you first. Yeah. A gorilla doesn't like ride or die with you like a hawk would, you know? Yeah. No, hawks are pretty good there. Um, nobody was going like grizzly bear style. Grizzly, yeah, but that's hard. Like, well, I guess they can stand on their hind legs. Like, they're, they're huge. They can stand up and box. Yeah, they I think. Big. I yeah. think you'd want them. Steel said polar bear, which was an odd. Like of all the bears to choose. Those ones look lazy to me. He's yeah. also he set the conditions. Yeah, he wants he's to taking a polar, polar bear it. out of its element. It's, they don't want to do a road game to yeah. flop around in the sand. Yeah, maybe like week two. <laughs> Steel Steel yeah. also had a very funny line. <laughs> you asked him how the Buckeye Cruise was, and Steel said, "I still have sand in my cheeks." <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story is, we want Steel Chambers to host Freaky Friday this year, <laughs> uh, or at least be on it much more often, because. Nobody has come further in terms of their personality emerging from a shell, another animal reference for you, America, mm. than Steel Chambers. And it's just delightful. Yeah. And then somebody asks, when he walked away, so you guys should uh, do a podcast in your house. And I'm like, do you remember who else lives there? Like, Steel is the only one that you need on your podcast. Yeah. The other guys would just be there for protection. Yeah. He said, well, we could turn it on and Tommy could grunt into the camera. <laughs> And that's a different kind of content that we don't make. Yeah. It doesn't get the same <laughs> safe for work rating. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, um, it, it, I just think, it, I wonder with guys like Steel, like we, you mentioned like that transformation as far as just letting his personality go. Is it when you get to a point where you just don't care what we think about you or that you realize that we actually, like media in itself can actually benefit you? Is it, I don't care about you or, hey, I realize that media can actually be good i think it's probably some combination of both i think like being yourself is more valuable now than it ever has been for a college athlete because if you have a personality like that it can lead to some ducats in your pocket so um (laughs) duck that's another animal yeah i'm not bringing a duck no i'll forget about 400 horse-sized ducks (laughs) easy 400 one horse duck-sized gorillas (laughs) (laughs) want those on our team I don't. I'm sorry. It's freaky you know Friday. What we should do? Talk about football. We or should throw uh, it to CJ throw Hicks. Throw it to CJ Hicks and you, and um, you know, we should say goodbye. Okay, CJ Hicks interview coming up on Freaky Friday. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you had a great uh, first week. Enjoyed the first week of coverage. We did it. Had a great time in here at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Buckeyes are on spring break next week. We will still have the podcast daily, uh, and so much more. OhioState.rivals.com. A lot of content to get to from these interviews. Uh, and then the Buckeyes will be back after spring break. That's Bill Burnham. I'm Austin. Thanks for joining us uh, and enjoy the CJ Hicks interview. All right, taking a break here on a Freaky Friday edition of the Podcast Daily, and we've got CJ Hicks, Captain yes, Buckeye. Do they still do you still get called that if you're not like a current captain of Ohio State? Um, I don't know how that works. Stay around campus, I do. <laughs> okay. Well, Ohio State linebacker CJ Hicks. Uh, 
two practices into a big spring. Uh, how's it feel different going into a second year than year one? Um, it's a lot different. You know, I'm confident in myself knowing that I can go out there and produce and play linebacker, you know, have fun while I'm doing it. Last year, I feel like I was just in my head a lot and <laughs> just thinking too much. What about, like, everybody, I think, asked you on Thursday about, you know, on the field and playing time and all that stuff. Like, just somebody who's trying to get the feel of going through school and, like, what it's like living on campus. Like, that that transition seems like it's, it's arguably as difficult as anything else. Yeah, you know, um, school is not really a problem. Off campus is not really a problem. It's really just understanding that, okay, you need to put time into <laughs> the this. time management. Yeah. And um, just also have fun while you're doing it, not being stressed out over school, you know, outside things and things like that. So, have you felt like you've been able to do that? Yeah, 100%. You know, um, when I first got up here, it was a problem because I was going through a lot of things personally. But, um, you know, now as I matured and grew and learned the playbook and I'm going, I'm playing, I'm having fun now. Yeah. So... Is it, all, what, is it all just the fun in here, or what are you doing when you leave the Woody? What's what's fun right now for you? So watching film. <laughs> watching film? Yeah, now, like, just watching certain things. Like, this past week, I watched DBs in the draft, like the combine yep. stuff. I watched the linebacker stuff. I watched the edge stuff. Um, coming in here on Saturdays, you know, just building my mind and knowing that I am capable of doing things like that just helped me produce. Yeah. You've got to turn it off at some point, CJ. There's got to be some. Yeah, but. Are you watching any shows? You got to listen to new music? What's going on? Come on. Um, <laughs> I do watch Power. Okay. But I really don't watch TV like that. Finley, I'm playing Madden, so that's football Matt, too. All right, how's that going? That's good, yeah. Who's the best uh, Madden player in the LB room? Uh, I don't. Nobody else. I really never played nobody else for real. Right. Um, I played Gabe a few times. Gabe's my roommate. But okay. They haven't played since we got up here. We're going to have to play it again, too. Okay. But, um, we had a Matten tournament, uh, like, beginning of the year. And it was at G. Scott's house, and I won that. So. <laughs> All right, so you're the one to come get. In the linebacker room, yeah. We have some good Madden players on the team, though, 100%. Who do you like to play with? Um, I just need a mobile quarterback. <laughs> I get a mobile quarterback, I'm beating you. But I like playing with the Bills. You know, I feel like they're a, they're a well, well-rounded well team, you know, offense and defense-wise. So. Well, Josh Allen can move and yeah. run over some people. So. And then sling it, too. Yeah, so. that's helpful. All right, so let's. What about the, the football side in spring? What What's the goal for you through 15 workouts? I know that everything carries over in a training camp, not about playing time or any of that. Like, what do you want to get done in March and April? Um, Building that trust with Coach knows that I can go out there and play linebacker and produce and be one of the best linebackers in the country. I know that you don't have time because you're just watching film to listen to the podcast, but we say all the time, CJ's got to be on the field. Let's see him at Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that question asked over there. You know, um, I'm a trust coach. Knows he wants to put me at Jack. He'll put me at Jack. Um, I feel like I can help the teams in a lot of ways. And um, sure, it doesn't even have to be at Jack. He wants to put me at nickel, safety, anything. You know, I, whatever he wants to put me at, just show how versatile I am. So, are, are there people that want to play that position? Like he said, like, I just don't. We spent all last year probably making too big a deal out of the Jack. Yeah. Hey, is it? <laughs> Maybe we are. I don't know. Are, um, are we crazy? <laughs> right now, I don't hear nobody saying they really want to play it. You know, um, man, Mitch Melton did a really good job last year doing it. And um, he returns in the summer. Yep. So, 
Right now, I feel like he's the number one guy there. But, you know, if Coach Knowles wants to put me there, I'll learn and, you know, do what I need to do to get on the field. Okay. What did you think of uh, Matt Drills and how all that winter went? I love, I love Matt Drills. <laughs> I love competing. Go out there having fun, you know. I feel like Matt Drills brings the dog out of you and shows, like, it really brings you as a team, bring you together as a team, you know. Yeah. Um, like, going through certain stations, always walking around with each other, you know, you're tired, you're leaning on each other. You know, just... Build, like I said, it builds chemistry with each other and just have fun. All right, well, that work is done, and now the real work begins on the field. Two practices down for C.J. Hicks and the Buckeyes. We appreciate yes, him giving us some time, as always, on the podcast. C.J., thanks. No problem.